I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Writer's Shed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 7 of The Writer's Shed Podcast from Writer's Shed Press, an indie publisher just outside Chicago with his office right inside here, this 8x10 writing shed on the property of its founder, me. Now, you have all experienced this, you know, working on Zoom, trying to be professional, Life goes on around you no matter what, doesn't it? The uh, trash truck is right outside our house. It's I can't even hear it. I can't. It doesn't oh, even not coming well, through. I've got a tree trimming service like two doors <laughs> down from me too. And I wanted to, I tested the microphone to make sure it wasn't picking it up, but it's not. So Fantastic. So we're good. That's our guest and me just before recording this episode. We have the same kind of Zoom issues you have, right? Dogs barking, kids screaming, trash men, and tree trimmers. More from our guest in a moment here. First, a few housekeeping things. We are continuing to take submissions for Writer's Shed Stories Volume 3, Second Thoughts. Looking for short prose and poetry, submissions through writershedpress.com. We will publish in the fall. Submissions will end in July. We'd love to see and read your work. And check out our earlier editions, Volumes 1 and 2. You can find them most readily on Amazon. Today, we talk about writing residencies, that wonderful idea of a writing retreat, a place to go away, to immerse oneself in creative work. The pandemic is kind of made for such things, right? Being alone, secluded. Jana Bench has been on the board of the Kerouac Project in Orlando, Florida since 2010 and president of the organization for several years now. Jana is a New Zealander who first came to the U.S. in 84. She was an elementary school teacher and has followed that up with a 35-year career as a writer, ghostwriting over 200 books and writing a series of biographies geared toward high school kids and the young market. There are currently 80 books in those two series with sales of over 8 million copies in 22 languages. In addition to her own writing, Jana has a passion to encourage emerging writers and help them find their writing voice. And that's why we like her so much, because that's kind of what Writership Press is all about. Now, the Kerouac Project is based through Jack Kerouac's home in Orlando, where he lived just after the success of On the Road, and where he wrote The Dharma Bums. A wonderful little cottage in the College Park neighborhood. It's far from Disney, by the way. It's more than 100 years old, and several years ago, I was honored to be a writer-in-residence there, living in the Kerouac house for three months. It was a great experience. But that experience, even though that's mine and personally what we hope to discuss here, we're really not going to talk about me. We're going to talk about you, what a writing-residency can do for you. So, Jana, thank you very much for being part of the uh, podcast today. We appreciate you being here. What's it like in Florida this morning? Well, it's a little overcast. Uh, We've been having trouble getting a lot of sunny days lately. Um, I don't know if it's, um, you know, related to all the the weather up in, in the panhandle and stuff, but yeah. Well, you're it's messing warm. with your you're messing with your reputation by not having sunshine down there. That's, that's not the way it's supposed to work. I know that's why it's like so shocking when you walk outside and it's overcast and slightly windy, which is very different. Yeah. So, so Jenna, you've been involved with the the Kerouac project in in Orlando now for you know what more than ten years, mm-hmm. um, and you know you you come from New Zealand. So I got to ask you first of all, why did you even come to Florida? Why did you come to the U.S.? I think there's a lot of Americans who want to go to New Zealand. <laughs> well, when we left, not so many Americans did. Um, uh, well, we left, and we, my husband and Jeff and I, um, we we traveled 
around the world uh, with our children uh, writing. And um, so the reason we came to US firstly was to get some more writing training, which we did. And then also uh, we kind of got stuck here. I, I call myself an accidental immigrant. Mm. Um, <laughs> it was never my intention to live in the US, um, but uh, we started writing a, a series of books for middle and high school kids on uh, history. And uh, back in the day, 25 years ago, uh, we needed the interloan service uh, in the US in order to uh, research and write our books. This is before, you know, Google and things like that. Got sure, yeah. And so we spent a lot of time at the library and we spent a lot of time, you know, requesting books from all over the country, from special collections. And so uh, had we returned to New Zealand, we really uh, would have been too isolated to do the kind of writing and research that we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then by the time everything kind of went online and, and you know, we got the, you know, uh, ABE book store online, all that kind of thing. Uh, we had three children who ha- had firmly set their roots here in, in Florida. So, sure. so that's where we are. Well, you're you're there now, and it, it's kind of a good thing for the Kerouac Project because you've been part of them and working hard for them for a number of years now. How did you get involved, and why did you get involved? Well, first of all, let's back up because I'm not sure everybody really even knows what the Kerouac Project is. So, why don't you tell us what that is, and then maybe how you got involved? Okay, the Kerouac Project of Orlando uh, started in 1997 when uh, we have a. a um, a local reporter called Bob Keeling, and he was kind of doing some investigating work into, he had read somewhere that that um, Kerouac had lived in Orlando. And so coincidentally, as he's doing his work, he comes across the house where Jack Kerouac lived when he uh, basically became famous and where he also wrote the Dharma Bums. And at that moment, it was scheduled for um, demolition. Mm. It was a really crappy old (laughs) wooden house and it had been really let go and so it was going to be demolished it's in a very nice area in Orlando College Park and so it was it was on its way out and so he put out an SOS and uh, there's a sort of collaboration of um, Jeff Cole um, who was uh, helped significantly uh, fund buying the house and uh, Marty Cummings who owned a local bookstore and uh, Summer Rodman, who uh, was very interested in Jack Kerouac. And the three of them got together and basically um, funded and and saved the house. And uh, then it took about five years to figure out, okay, what do we do with this house? Right. Um, (laughs) Firstly, we had to renovate it, uh, which they did. And um, then it was like, well, what happens next? It, It isn't the kind of thing that you can make a full-time museum out of. Um, Right, right. And so it's like what, in the end, what we settled on and what seems to be working really well is to have a residency there to invite um, writers from all over the world to come and experience the house for three months at a time to write there. We give them a food stipend. They don't have to worry about, you know, bills or anything. And just to be part of our community, community and and to write so that's kind of evolved over the time that I've been there uh, as we've got more you know a little more savvy about what residencies are we just kind of started out like oh come and stay yeah. um, 
But yeah, that, and I got involved in it because uh, when we moved to Orlando, there really wasn't a very rich literary scene here at all. There was a couple of things based in some local colleges. Um, but if you wanted any, any kind of fellowship as a writer, um, the Kerouac Project was the place to go. And, and I'm really proud to say that uh, we have a really thriving literary scene here now in Orlando. People are always surprised by it. And I feel like um, the Kerouac Project was one of the founders of it. We have championed a lot of other things starting. We're always open to help where we can. And uh, I think we showed that there is a, a need, you know, a capacity in Orlando for, for writing communities. And uh, so, yeah, we're very proud of that. Yeah, you should be. I mean, I, you know, when I told people that I had received the, the residency, which I was thrilled about, I was sitting in a, in a pizza restaurant and got the phone call. I think it was <laughs> from... Uh, Mike Robinson, uh, uh, many years ago. Right. And yeah. And, um, he just said, Hey, this is the Jack Kerouac project in Florida. Can you give us a call? I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I did not even expect it. And it was just such a great moment, but, um, you know, back to what you were talking about, you know, my first thought when I would tell people that I was going to Orlando, they'd be like, what Mickey mouse, you know, that kind of thing. That's a terrible thing yeah. to say, but that's what happens in the rest of the country when they think of Orlando. So, um, I, I really, um, I, I didn't know what to expect, but when I got there, even back then, even 10 years ago, I was just pleasantly surprised, um, how much liter literary energy there was there at that time, mm -hmm. even then. Uh, and I would, attribute a lot of it to the Kerouac project. I really would. And the house, going back to what you talked about, you renovated, you renovated it beautifully because it's got the feel of the time that he was there with the furniture and the way it's done. Uh, the room where he wrote the Dharma bums is pretty much intact. Um, it's kind of eerie to sit back there and think that that's mm -hmm. where he was. And even those photographs from the New York times are, were taken back there, I believe. Right. Um, so it's, it's just, an amazing spot to write in. And um, for you as a board member, that has got to have that, that appeal of the place and its, its energy has gotten to have grown over the years watching the writers come in and out of that place. Yes, and it, I, I find it fascinating to see how the different writers use it. Um, we don't put a lot of restriction on our writers because we, you know, we understand they're coming from different places and you know they have different needs uh, but it is fascinating to see the different kind of mindsets that writers have as they uh, as they come in and uh, it's for some of them it is challenging to have three months on their own mm -hmm. um, for a lot of them especially the younger ones it's the first time they have ever lived alone in their lives wow. and um, yeah. some of them have to adjust to that concept and others you know take to it like a fish to water so it's um it, it's be it's really interesting it's interesting to see the kind of things that they uh start out doing when they come and you know what they're doing by the time they leave a lot of them are very focused and you know they're getting through their project and then other ones uh do some kind of pivot uh which we're also you know we're fine with uh we give them the space we believe in them we have a very rigorous 
uh, process to um, accept them. And once we accept them, we're like, we got you now. <laughs> You're yeah. ours. So yeah, I think that's what's interesting. And we want to, you know, touch on the idea of residencies because in this project, you have to be accepted. I mean, you apply and you're accepted. Right. And that was, you know, really amazing to me to, to be chosen as one of them. And um, it, it, not all residencies are like that. I mean, some residencies are, you just basically, you know, go run an Airbnb kind of thing. Um, right. And I understand that. And that's fine too. If it, that's yes. getting done what you need to get done. Um, but I think the affirmation part of this process, I think is um, not only, uh, you know, sort of needed in a way for this, but it's also, um, it, it, it gives you this, this wonderful um, sort of, the affirmation, I guess the best way yeah. to explain it. It it just it 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 almost forces you to say, Oh, I, I need to get serious now. Um <laughs> you know what I mean? Heck, I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a writer now, really. Uh in a way, yeah. in a way that's true. And writers are always, you know, you know, going with that uh that terrible feeling that they're not really who they think they are. Um, so uh I think that's a beautiful thing. So not only does your project do that, but many other residencies yeah. do that too. But why do you think the residency, uh, you know, being involved with it for over a dozen years now, it seems, why is it important? Why is a residency important? Why do writers strive to get one? Well, yeah, as you say, there's all sorts. There's the ones which just are like a kind of um, a giant camping experience where you can apply mm -hmm. and go and they'll provide your food and and, you know, if you want to be there, you, you're there kind of thing, if you pay the fee or whatever it is. Um, but then there's the ones that are more like ours, which are more um, driven by uh, talent. And um, I think they are very affirming. Um, I know in the Kerouac project, if you come in as a resident, um, and we have only have four residents a year, so they're all memorable and we get to know them all. Um, and you get really um, quite a, I think quite a boost in that, um, you know, we try to do what we can to help to uh, elevate your, your writing position. If we, you know, um, we know some someone or, you know, we try to connect you with people and, uh, encourage you and you know we have some some excellent writers on our board and in our community who who will get behind you and, and champion you and I think that's huge and then there's just the fact of you get uh, three months or however long the residency is of a time out which um, you know I think it, it shows you something about yourself and about your writing as I've said for some people the time out is just like oh my gosh this is heaven and for other people, they thought all they wanted was, you know, 24 hours a day and absolutely no restrictions, get up when you want, go to bed when you want, feed yourself when you want, you know, no one else to worry about. And for some of them, that's a little more challenging than they had anticipated. And they find that, you know, perhaps they only have the energy to write four or five hours a day and that no matter how much opportunity they have. So it's all, um, it's all a learning experience and, and that can only be good. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, for me, and I can only speak for me uh, on this, it was glorious. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I just absolutely loved the fact. And I got into a routine, and I think writing residencies, if you can find a routine, just like mm -hmm. you can if you're not even in a residency, uh, that it helps your process. I mean, for me, it was early mornings. I would get up and write 
two or three hours and then I'd make breakfast and then I'd go take a walk or ride the bike and I'd come back and maybe write a little bit in the afternoon. And then I would go up to the coffee shop um, and I would sit there and kind of go over some of the things that I've written or I'd read. And then I'd come back and I'd have dinner and I'd get up and do it again the next day. And I couldn't have asked for a better situation. Yeah. But I could understand how others might struggle with, with some of that. And, you know, maybe struggle is not the right word, but just find a way to adjust to find their own right way mm. to write. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. I mean, you don't have to do it like everybody else. And how is the project now? I mean, a lot of these residencies going through the pandemic and all of that, where does the Kerouac project stand at the moment? We are doing really well. Um, we're, we are, we are actually about to start a fundraiser. Our, the back area of the house where Jack lived with his mom is, uh, an add on to the house. The house itself is 100 years old and the add-on is about 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of the porch structure that was enclosed. Right. And it's on concrete blocks and sand. So we have to, we have taken it on as a board that we are readying the house for the next 100 years, it being 100 years old this year. Uh, and so we're going to have to lift the whole house six feet and... <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's going to be major. But so uh, that is kind of you know, a scary thought. But aside from that, uh, we're doing really well. We actually uh, just had uh, our um, selection applications close and we received the same amount of applicants from last year. Mm. And um, financially, you know, we're like the little engine that could. We're certainly not um, rolling in cash, but we have uh, enough to do what we need to do and not to be, you know, too worried about it. So that's great. Um, yeah, we have. We are very thrilled to have survived. We had two of our four residencies last year did not come. Two of our four residents for various COVID-related reasons. Um, but yeah, we've got a resident. In, Right now, Spencer Huffman, who is a playwright from Chicago, has just come last week, and uh, he's doing really well. So, yeah. That's tremendous. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Um, I have to tell you two little stories. One, I really tried really hard to, uh, you know, um, find the spirit of Jack back in that room and meditate and try to get him to say hello to me. Um <laughs> in the back but that never happened by the way um but i mean i try but jack should didn't be show up glad his mom didn't show up <laughs> <laughs> he lived there too <laughs> yeah that's true but no, neither of them showed up and the other thing is and i don't know how true this is but it was a story that i was told when i was there um that there was an, a, a woman uh elderly woman many years ago who lived across the street and had lived there very very long and had remembered, I think when you were first taking on the house, she was still alive. And this is a story I heard, and I don't know how true it is, but it's a wonderful story, even if it isn't true, um, that she had lived across the street for many years. And she knew she was there at the time when Jack and his mother lived in the back part of that house. And she remembered, she said she remembered hearing the clack of the typewriter mm-hmm. uh, through the window at night or in the early morning sometimes. And I just, that just sent shivers up my back. That is such a wonderful thing. I, goodness, I hope that's true. Yes, I do think it is. And of course there was no air conditioning. So people weren't in their sort of sealed homes the way we right. are now. Um, and he just had, you know, the, the um, jealousy window. So I'm, 
I'm sure that is true. Yes. Yeah, it's a wonderful story. So uh, tell me a little bit about how someone can apply and the process and, and how does that work? Okay, well, we uh, actually just closed last week on our applications for the year. Uh, we open, you know, in the new year and um, stay open till mid-March. Um, you apply online and um, you, you send in a one-page resume and um, you, some of your work and 10 pages of your work, I think. And uh, we have a very rigorous uh, and diverse uh, selection committee. It's a little different every year. There's probably four core members and then four people kind of rotate in and out. Uh, and what we're really looking for is something different from a lot of other residencies, uh, which I think resonates with what you said at the beginning. Uh, we are looking particularly for new writers who we don't care what age they are we don't care what their educational background is we we are looking at their writing and we are looking for for writers who we believe have potential and who could do you know with a with a hand up in the in the spirit of Jack Kerouac because you know he didn't have any writing credentials either right. um, so that's what we're really occasionally we kind of deviate a little bit from it but for the most part, we're looking for people that we think we can are worth investing in what we have to offer, which is, you know, encouragement and validation and uh, three months of, you know, uh, cash free living. Uh, and so yeah. uh, we are thrilled when we find people like that. And um, the resume is really read last uh, and doesn't actually come into play that much we we're not really concerned you know if you know you're a mechanic and and you've got the gift of writing and you want to come for three months we would gladly have you so we, we are not uh bound by um you know people's credentials we do have a lot of people with mfas and uh but that's not uh the prerequisite we are really looking for those people who who, who really we can invest something in and make a difference in their lives. That's a little bit of the looking for the spirit of Jack in that too. Just right. the idea of, of, of the artistic endeavor uh, and making that the number one priority. Right. Some people think, you know, they write and they, they write about, um, you know, how much Jack Kerouac meant to them. And that's great. But that's, you don't even have to have read anything at Jack Kerouac's. We, we call it the spirit of Jack Kerouac, which is the spirit of um, encouraging and elevating people who have, you know, the raw talent and want to, want to you know, step out a step further. Right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and, and talking to you again. I mean, it's been a decade. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> I've enjoyed it myself. Well, let's not wait a decade, though. All right. Okay. All right. I appreciate it very much. Good luck to, with everything you're doing. Uh, you know, Godspeed to uh, the Kerouac Project, and uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed, enjoyed talking to you. Go out there and get yourself a retreat, people, right? That'd be so nice. I wrote a piece for the uh, Kerouac newsletter not too long ago. You can find it if you're interested in reading about uh, my experience there. Kerouacproject.org. 
Of course, the Kerouac Project is not the only opportunity for writing residencies. There are lots of them out there. Two that I saw that have been around, some of them have been defunct now, but two that I always thought were so cool. The city of Seattle once invited poets and essayists to apply to write in the Fremont Bridge. That's right, inside the bridge in a studio in the bridge's northwest control tower. And there's a place called Outlandia, I should say a residency called Outlandia, that is completely off-grid. Uh, it is in the mountains of Scotland, and it's open to all types of creatives. So a couple of that you should probably check out. There are many others, though, many places to go right. That's it for this episode of The Writer Shed, Episode 7. Please download past episodes and subscribe so you can get those new episodes every two weeks. All of this wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and all the rest. Follow us on Twitter, too, at Writershed Press. Our music is from iRay Music Production and Interviews, produced in the Shed. Thanks for listening.